Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to Something to Graze On podcast. Across the fence or across the nation, all ag talk with B.J. Norrid. Brought to you by NationalAgCo.com, your new agriculture marketplace to list your own classified. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. This is going to be episode number 15 and we're starting a whole new different deal. We're going to kind of narrow our focus in the sheep industry and concentrate on that and get stuff out there that helps producers in their operation, a little bit of knowledge and really help grow the industry and what makes that dollar so much better, easier to put in our pocket rather than send it on down the road. And we're going to start a monthly deal the end of every month. We're going to be talking with Miss. Caitlin Jackson, the executive director of the American Dorper Sheep Breeder Society. We're going to be talking to end of every month and give you some insight on what's going on in the society and different deals here and there. And we really look forward to it. And I know I'm excited about it. And all the way from Louisville, Kentucky today, just come out of the nail. Miss Caitlin Jackson, how are you, ma'am? I'm doing well. Thank you, BJ. I'm super excited to be with you. Well, are you exhausted from being out there all week? I don't know if exhausted is the right word because it is long days, but it's just super exciting to be with lots of Dorper members and, and seeing some really great sheep. And and uh, I'm not going to lie, though, it does get a little stinky in the barn after you know a whole week with thousand sheep in the barn so i i am a little ready to not smell that ammonia anymore are you are you ready to go sit down and eat lamb chop lamb any time of the day preferably dorper right dorper lamb super great yes and that's the only one i'll touch so well we're going to do it just like we do everyone since this is our very first episode doing together uh 
give us from the ground up kind of how you grew up and how you ended up where you are today in this society. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, just going in chronological order. Uh, plus, everyone always wonders about my accent or, or really lack of one. So maybe a little bit about my background will kind of shed some light on that. I grew up in Western Mass, um, Greenfield area. And then I moved with my mom to Central Texas to Round Rock, to be more specific, which is right above Austin, um, where I went through like elementary, middle and high school. And I grew up showing horses, um, primarily Pasifinos, which is a gated breed, um, and a couple other disciplines in English. And so I've always kind of had an interest in agriculture, but I didn't grow up on a traditional farm. And so when I got to high school, my mom was very convincing to join FFA and the horse judging team because I was so interested in horses. And I just found my it contest, if you will. And that really piqued my interest in other things in FFA. And so I, I got more involved, became an officer, and um, mom always knows best, right? So she showed a sheep when she was in high school. And she thought that that would be a really fun thing for, for me to do too. Um, and boy, was she right. So my first lamb was a market uh, medium wool named Bubba. And I thought Bubba was the most beautiful sheep, um, BJ, but the judge did not. <laughs> I came in dead last in every class, <laughs> but that didn't make me sad. Um, you know, it made me a little bit more determined than ever. And I just really learned to network and, and find some really great friends and breeders. And one thing that I've definitely learned in the sheep industry is that if someone sees how interested and excited you are about the project. They just really embrace that. And it's a really cool culture. And I, I love that. And so that kind of happened to me. And I also had some phenomenal ag teachers and um, I never was like a super rock star when it came to showing sheep, but I just really loved raising them. And I, I kind of thought my sheep career would be over at that Houston stock show in my senior year um, when I put my lamb on the, the trailer. Um, so when I went to college, I went to Clemson University, which is in South Carolina. They weren't really good at football when I went there. So it wasn't like a huge school. And like I said, I thought my sheep career was over with high school. And um, I went into uh, applied economic statistics with an emphasis in agribusiness management, a degree. And when I got to school, and so it's looking at an animal science class and just random conversation with a professor. It turned out that the Southdown Association had donated um, 10 ewes to the Clemson University sheep farm to create a sheep program for the animal veterinary science students. And they were looking for people who like knew stuff about sheep because that was the first time that the university had had sheep in a super long time. And so um, when you go to a small school, kind of word gets out. And so I, uh, I went out to the barn and and it was a totally different experience because I've been used to market lambs, you know, where you get them and raise them for a couple months and show them and then they go. This was production. So this was really the first time that I ever got to be with production sheep. And it turned out to be just a really great experience. I worked there all four years that I was in college. That was my, my job. And that flock grew from 10 to 30 to 40 to 50 and um, continued to show them like we took them to the. South Carolina State Fair and uh, just a lot more 
uh, advancing my sheep career, if you will, than I thought it ever would be. Um, and after I was getting ready to graduate from college, I just thought like, what a cool way you know, I met that I, I met this county extension agent. I just thought he had the coolest job by being able to work with 4-Hers and their livestock projects and with their producers and, and bull selection. And so I thought that that was just like a cool job, right? Because I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And so when I graduated from college, um, that was one of the worst years to graduate because of the recession. So I had a little bit of a tough time finding a job. And eventually I worked my way a little more south to Georgia, where I started my career with the University of Georgia Extension as an AmeriCorps member in Banks County, which is North Georgia. Um, and that led to a, a position there as the 4-H agent. I was there for four years, and then I moved more south um, to Monroe County in the middle of the state to be the Ag and Natural Resources agent there, and I, I loved my time with Extension. I, I made a lot of great connections with producers and 4-Hers and, and lifelong friendships, but I, um, I really love the sheep, and I really wasn't doing uh, enough, I felt like, with the sheep industry, and I really knew that I just I wanted to work in the sheep and lamb industry, especially after I attended the Howard Wyman Sheep Industry Leadership School, which, side note, that was probably the coolest thing I've ever been to. So anybody that's listening, for sure apply to go and attend the Howard Wyman Sheep Industry Leadership School. And um, when I saw the job, post for the executive director position with ADSBS. I just, I just felt like that was what I was meant to do. And um, so I, I've had a really exciting adventure since January and, and the board has been fantastic to work with. And I'm, I'm so blessed to work with such amazing people that are just innovators and, uh, you know, really progressive folks in the sheep industry, especially Dorpers. And I've just really enjoyed it, learned a lot. You know, I will agree with you that the Dorper industry is phenomenal. The people, I've been in a lot of different aspects of the ag industry. I sold WW Paul Scales for two and a half years and met a lot of people across the southern United States. And, you know, the cattle people are different. The goats, horses, they're they're all different. You got some of them people that walk around with their head up to the ceiling and they're just a little bit better, but I've yet to meet anybody in the Dorper industry that's not got a smile on their face, shake your hand, introduce yourself, and just sit there and talk to you like you've known them forever. So uh, that is my favorite thing about the Dorper sheep other than, you know, there's from my experience, I've I've done a lot of different things too, and I haven't found anything that I've made more money at than the Dorpers. I've lost a lot of money in other uh, endeavors, but the uh, Dorper sheep have sure enough produced for me, and, uh, you know, I see this on a continuing scale going up and up. And most of the time when I get into something, the bottom falls out. But this first time in my life I've got for on the uphill strike. So uh, I'm really blessed to be in it right now. And the p people, they're just phenomenal. And you go to them shows and 
You can just be wowed by the quality. And each and every show that I go to, which I go to Duncan and Fredericksburg, and I'll hit Fort Worth since it's close to me. And, uh, man, every year you just are wowed at the quality that is presented ahead of you. Well, BJ, that's probably why everybody's smiling then. Um, these are just super high-performing sheep, and and it's just such an exciting breed. I, I think that's what makes everybody happy and excited. Yes, ma'am. And, and you know, not, not necessarily just from a show ring point. Uh, our, as seed stock producers, if that's what you want to call us, you know, we're going to produce those rams that go to them commercial producers and and they're going to be about 80 percent of our uh market and you know if we can produce something that's going to get their money back in their pocket get that pound to gain in that four month period when they're those lambs are ready to go to market uh i've never seen anything gain like they do and each and every body's operation is different and that's the good thing about the Dorper sheep they're adaptable uh you know if you listen to our podcast with miss emily vincent she took her flock from california across the united states to uh new york she brought texas sheep to new york and they adapted Now, mind you, you need to be doing that at the right time of the year. Don't take them and, you know, from South Texas to snow on the ground. That's not going to work very well, so pay attention to that. But they're adaptable and great mothers. They produce good milk and just phenomenal sheep breed all together. Yeah, I, I mean, it's truly amazing. You know, if you look at the 50 states, that we have Dorpers, registered Dorper members, let's put it this way, they're members of the society that are active in 49 of the 50 states. I, uh, the one that's missing is Alaska, and I, I feel pretty confident that there probably are Dorpers out there. Um, so if you are a, a Dorper breeder in Alaska, we need you to join so we can say we have them in all 50 states. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I did actually see a post uh a month or so ago from somebody from Alaska that was wanting Dorper sheep up there that they were looking for them. So that's pretty neat. Uh, you know, like you said, we can be in all 50 states. And uh, I think that this is just the beginning. And as a society, I believe that we're going to grow each and every year. Uh, and from what I've understood Talking to Miss Rhonda, she's registered more sheep than ever before this past year in our membership. Yep, we had a, we had another record. Oh, I was gonna say every year the Banner magazine does release, you know, the registration numbers for each breed, and so we're very optimistic that that we come out on top this year again. Well, kind of tell us about your experience there. Do you know the number of entries in the the shows? Yeah, so we had one of the largest youth shows to date for Dorpers and White Dorpers. We had 49 youth come, and they came from everywhere, from Maine to California and in between. So it it truly was a a big national event. And uh, there was about 100 
there were 189 sheep registered, but I think 170 actually checked in. So that's, that's still, I, I don't know if, if you had a chance to watch the live stream that was presented by Show Barn Flicks and um, RSG was a sponsor of that. Um, there was just such nice, high quality junior sheep. And I mean, just really phenomenal um, set of dorpers and white dorpers, rams used, just really showstoppers, you know, in my opinion. Um, and apparently in, in the judge's opinion too, Eric Bruns was our judge for the junior show and, and he picked out this phenomenal champions and reserve champions and huge congratulations to those exhibitors. You know, it, it, it takes a lot, it takes a village to, to come to this show because it's a lot, you know, it's not just come in, show and leave. You know, you've got to get here um, on Thursday, and then they have an all-breed showmanship on Friday. The Dorper show is not till Sunday. And then most of those youth did just end up staying in for the open show on Wednesday. So for many families, they've been they've been here for a week. This is a vacation. Come down to the nail in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, the open show was um, on Wednesday, uh, and Warren Cood was the judge for that. Uh, show and um, again just phenomenal sheep and you know we had tons of people ringside paying attention to the dorpers and white dorper show and and he named those champions and and reserves the supreme drive was today which I, I have to admit you know i don't know if you watch dog showing or the westminster kennel club show where they have all the breeds come out and it really is something special to watch that supreme ram and supreme you drive at nail and all those sheep breeds and just seeing the diversity uh, of sheep in the u.s and uh it, it was it was disappointing that the dorper white dorper didn't pull out in either the junior open show but I mean, man, what a what a nice set of sheep that that was pulled. We're going to talk about the winners in the in the junior show and kind of give us some insight on who placed, how everything come out in the junior side of things. Yeah, so like I mentioned, phenomenal set of sheep. Um, I really want to before we before we go into the winners, really talk about how we supported our youth at Nail this year. Um, we had Ron. Waldron and Lori Quartz serve as our youth coordinators on behalf of ADFCS, and they were just rock stars. They really helped me put together some really awesome support for our juniors. Um, so all the juniors that exhibited at NAIL that were members of ADFCS received a uh, hoodie. And so it was so cool to walk up and down the aisles of the show and see all the kiddos wearing these really, really cool hoodies. And Lori Hortz um, did the design and made them. And we also were able to have a breakfast for all the exhibitors and kind of like a hospitality pin, if you will, with snacks and drinks. And all of that was possible because of some wonderful sponsors. And I do want to give them a shout out. Um, our gold sponsors were Uptown Farms, SRT Livestock, Narrow Gate Farm, Fancy Farm Dorpers. Silver sponsors were Centerdale Farm, Red Barn Farm, Elena Vaught Livestock, East Star Livestock, James Avril, Garrett Dorpers, and BW3 Dorpers. Our bronze sponsors were Missouri, Dorper, Missouri Dorpers, Highland Rail Farms, Darlington Dorpers, Quattro H, Dorpers and Welty Dorpers. And then the green sponsors were Sidell Livestock Company, 
Kobe and Jade Spicer and Satterfield Brothers White Dorpers. And that's a lot of sponsors, isn't it, BJ? Like, what a great support for our junior exhibitors at NAIL. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, that's that's the most important thing are them sponsors. They are help what keep everything going and uh, financially supported and makes things a whole lot easier and able to give back to them kiddos for all their hard work and uh you know, and that's what it's all about is teaching them kids that responsibility, the hard work, the work ethic, because, you know, I've said this before, and it's, if you've never heard of Ryan Rash, you need to check him out, and he judged a steer show at Calgary, and he said, you know, just because you're not the winner, the grand champion today, he said, this program sets you up to be the grand champion in life and a lot of people don't think of it like that and until somebody really sits there and states it you don't really know how blessed we really are to be in this industry well i think i think you're absolutely right and it really is so important to have that like support system of of friends family and breeders um and that was really evident throughout the show, really, really any, any sheep show you go to, but especially evident in the Dorpers. Um, I just see tons of kids helping each other out. And what's so cool is that even though I said we have 49 exhibitors, like there were probably hundreds of kids in that ring because there's just kids that, that jump in and help set feed and, and help out. And, and it's just, it's just so cool to see everybody just getting, getting along together and, and getting it done. We, uh, we had some really cool prizes for our champions and reserve champions. Um, the champions all received a chair that was uh, embroidered with, you know, grand champion, reserve grand champion. Uh, and then the reserve champions got the backpacks with the embroidered lettering on that. And then the, we had the banner. So I told Ron and Lori that we, we needed to look cool. And man, did they come through. We really looked super cool. And I think the kids really enjoyed all the, the prizes. And it was just, just such a great day. Um, so who took those cool prizes home? I know you're dying to hear that, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so the all the pictures are on Facebook in case anybody is wanting to go look uh, what these animals look like. Um, we were... Uh, we, we got a professional photographer to help us out in the junior ring and the open ring. Um, in the junior show, champion Dorper Ram went to Joshua Wilson. Reserve champion Dorper Ram went to Brody Binkley. Champion Dorper U went to um, Paisley Lord. And reserve champion Dorper U went to Brody Binkley. And then in our white Dorper division, the champion white Dorper Ram came from Joshua Wilson. And he also had the reserve champion, White Dorper Ram. And then champion White Dorper U came from Hensley Hort. And the reserve grand champion, White Dorper U, came from Hudson Hort. And, you know, I'm scrolling through these pictures right now, and there's a lot of outstanding sheep right there in that junior deal. And one more thing that you brought up, you know, all them extra kids that you see in the ring. You know, that's the best thing about this type of show. A little brother, little sister can be out there feeling like they're involved. And, you know, in that market deal, you got one kid, one animal. And in this deal, you can have 
and a helper with each animal to help set them feet. And, you know, them kids put a lot of time into it. Those sheep know where them feet go. They have that perfect profile 99% of the time, and they're just dead on every time. So allowing them little kids to get in there and feel like they're a part of a big thing and being in front of people and kind of get that stage fright off of them where they'll feel more comfortable later on in life when they go to do it and they're not so shy and everything and build their confidence level too. Absolutely. Just continuing to build up that next generation. Because, you know, the average farmer is getting some age on him, so we need that uh, next generation building up. And, you know, that fire is built in them kids at a young age. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that they want to hire kids that have an agriculture background because they have more pride in what they do. They have a better work ethic. And in today's time, that's hard to find. So they're guaranteed to get the best of both worlds when they have that ag kid right there. Oh, yeah. And it, uh, it snowed here on Saturday. Um, actually, my plane was delayed because of the snow. And so talking about dedication, you had kids washing sheep in this just frigid weather. And um, they actually did turn the water off, you know, because of the freezing freezing temperatures and so kids were hauling water and you know you, you don't really have to see a whole lot of like parents telling the kids to do that like they just know because animals come first you know and and teaching kids about how to care for something outside themselves just makes them a better contributing member of society in my opinion and you know and I just I love that and so um you know that it's just a such a cool thing to see and and I'll, I'll tell you also uh, one of the hardest things I saw as a county agent was uh, family farming, you know, because you're working alongside your family and and that leads to challenging situations. And um, and sometimes, you know, in the show barn, you see the same kind of family dynamic, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but, and, you know, but for the most part, it's good. <laughs> apples don't far fall from the trees and sometimes we butt heads. But at the end of the day, there's nobody else we'd like to work beside. And another thing that brings that up is manners. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. They're polite. They're willing to help you. If you're in a bind, they're going to reach out to you to help you, whether it get a gate, get a door, whatever it may be, you know, groundwork, manners, and be, they're very appreciative and the world needs a whole lot more of that. We do. Well, we should feel pretty comfortable because there there were thousands of kids at Nail this week that I think, you know, fit that character profile. You know, they say, were you raised in a barn? Well, there's no other place that I'd rather be raised at than a barn. And, you know, the future of our country, if we was all raised in a barn, we'd be in great shape. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And not afraid to get dirty. Exactly. And, uh, you know, life's too short. You need to enjoy it. And I tell you what, there's more fond memories coming through them barns and the friendships you meet across the nation at these type of deals. And like you said, from California to Maine and all in between. And uh, 
those lifelong memberships or friendships are going to progress and you never know you know it's like I've always been told it's not what you know it's who you know and you know you can pick up that phone later on in life and call somebody that you met and built a relationship with and you never know where that friendship's going to lead. Absolutely. Well, tell us about the open show, how how we come out on that. The open show, um, so I, I do feel confident in saying that majority of the kids that showed in the juniors did just stay for the open show. So we had a, a, a quite a number more um, open show because she took those junior kids and then added in added in some breeders. So I, I don't have an exact count of how many unique individuals we had, but there were 270 sheep in the open show. Um, and I don't have the exact breakdown number of whites versus dorpers. The staff at NAIL still hasn't released the official results. So I don't really have those numbers for you. So I apologize. Um, but the champion dorper ram came from um, Hudson and Hensley Horts. The reserve champion Dorper Ram came from Narrowgate Farm. The champion Dorper U came from Hensley and Hudson Hortz. And the reserve champion Dorper U came from um, Joshua Wilson, the Lazy Five Ranch. And in the White Dorper Division, the champion White Dorper Ram came from Wesley Glass Wildcat Ranch. The reserve champion White Dorper Ram came from Esparti and the Turleys. And the Esparti and the Turleys also had the champion White Dorper U. And then the reserve champion White Dorper U came from East Star Livestock. Phenomenal sheep right there. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you that the photography on the open, um, the green shavings just pop and, and those pictures are just so cool. So I, I highly recommend um, that if you're listening, you go check out our Facebook page. If you don't follow us already, you should. Uh, it's just American Dorper Sheep Breeder Society um, or facebook.com backslash Dorper Revolution. And, you know, like and follow our page and, and definitely go check out those photos because, I mean, the sheep that were in this open division, you know, were just phenomenal. Phenomenal representation of the breed on a national scale. Yes, ma'am. We're going to hear a word from our sponsor real quick. The Something to Graze On podcast is brought to you by NationalAgCo.com. If you're looking to buy or sell in the ag industry, look no further. It's always free to browse, and for a limited time, you get a free one-year membership. Simply sign up and post a listing. No credit card required. User-friendly, simple to search, and you can manage your listing within your account with ease. Someone can click on your listing with your name, phone number, email, location, and price, and below that has all your other available listings. Put us in your corner and back American agriculture. From seeds to produce, bees to buffaloes, lawn care to farm equipment, across the fence or across the nation, we are here to serve you. Visit our website at nationalagco.com. That is nationalagco.com. And remember, it's not what you know, it's who you know. 
and we're here to make that connection. Well, y'all be sure you go on there and check out that website. And, uh, you know, I've sat down there and designed that up. And I believe there's a need for it. There's thousands of people on there every month. And we just need your ads. And I got faith in you. I want to help you out. And it doesn't cost you a thing. You don't have to worry about anything. If you do, just call me and we'll get you fixed up. And, you know... We're right back here with Miss Caitlin Jackson and uh, talking about the nail show and everything going on with it within the Dorper sheep industry. And I tell you what, I'm really blessed to be able to sit down here and do this for y'all, and I enjoy each and every minute of it. So y'all be sure to get on there and subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It really does help us. And be sure to reach out and tell me what y'all want to hear about uh, I want to build a podcast that everybody enjoys and will help them in their operation. I've got some things in the works and uh, topics that I've seen in my operation that I'm wanting to get to the bottom of. And uh, again, thank you all for listening, and I enjoyed it. And uh, Caitlin, where are we at now? On, uh, we just got done talking about uh, the open winners. Um, yeah, so well, we, like we had the Supreme Drive that was uh, today on Thursday. And so I, I don't know if you've ever seen the Supreme Drive, but that's where they take the top, um, the, the champion ram from each breed and they pick an overall winner. And so uh, the champion Dorper U and champion White Dorper U and champion Dorper Ram and champion White Dorper Ram were in each one of those in the junior and open um, Supreme Drive. And and they, they fought hard, but you know, when you just have, I mean, this is the top of the top and I, I have to admit, I'm not jealous of those judges. They had a really tough job. And am I disappointed that the Dorpers and White Dorpers didn't pull out a Supreme? Absolutely. Um, but just so, such a nice set of sheep. Yes, ma'am. And you know, uh, I watched a little bit of it on the Facebook live and, uh, you got those big old frame sheep in there and wool sheep and uh you get to see all different kinds and like you compared to the Westminster dog show that's always been a highlight getting to watch those and uh whether you're a dog breeder or not you you get to see a bunch of cool different breeds that you know most of the time we don't ever even see them or hear about them but that is something pretty neat and very prestigious award right there yeah and you're you're not kidding there's some huge sheep I'm, I'm pretty sure they're they're not cheap they're horses they're just so massive um and you know i don't know if, if all of our listeners are familiar with you know the wool breeds and and how they're presented and fitted for the show ring but oh boy that is just a lot of work Yes. Dorpers, on the other hand, you just slick them up and they go on in. They are easy peasy. Yes. And, you know, there's some of those lines that uh, pretty much all you have to do is just kind of touch them up a little bit because they're uh, self-shedding and there's hardly any wool on them at all. And uh, 
I'm fortunate to have a couple of rams like that, and, man, I sure like them, and that sure enough carries on to their offspring and gets you a lot more uniform uh, set of sheep, and when people come to look at them, they look just that much better, so that sure does help you. But how you is talking about some of those horses in there, uh, you know, the backs of those sheep look close to four foot tall on some of them, and they're just massive. And yeah, I, I would not be surprised if uh, if they were that height. I'm not terribly short or tall. I feel like I'm pretty average size, and and, and I'm assuming that some of the people in the ring are around my height and just they're the noses of these sheep were on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I was just thinking is, you know, holy smokes, I'm glad that's a gentle sheep. He could really knock you over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I have to admit, I, I did really admire the Rambouillets, um with their horns. They were just some really, really nice headed Rambouillets, And it, it just it was really cool to see all these breeds of sheep in one place. Yes, ma'am. And, and you know, once a once a year and you know there's shows all over but you're the best of the best right there and that's people travel a lot long ways just to be there and experience that deal and just a phenomenal show and lots of great people that and you know not just with in the dorper industry but the whole show and everything there's a lot of hard work in time that goes into putting on that phenomenal show and a uh, big shout out to everybody that, you know, put in the work and whether you were um, showing or just showed up or a volunteer, you know, hats off to you and thank you for all your hard work and dedication to put this on for the breeders and the youth for tomorrow. Yeah. Second that, um, Kelly Seacord was the superintendent of the sheep show and, and she and her staff did a, did a really professional job. And, and we sure can't do it without them. So, well, we just kind of got done with the election stuff. Uh, today is the 17th. So those ballots had to be marked by the 15th. And uh, so in the next couple of weeks, we'll be, hearing back from the results of that deal and uh, our three new officers. And I tell you what, those are phenomenal candidates, and I got to really sit down and get to know them when we did the podcast interviews with them. And I don't think you could pick a bad candidate out of those five. I mean, just phenomenal sheep producers. Absolutely not. And, and uh, BJ, I just really want to thank you for that collaboration and, uh, you know, I really, I enjoyed listening to all the podcasts because these are, you know, folks that I'm going to be working with, you know, hand in hand for the next three years. And so I, I listened just along with the rest of our members and, and you really had great conversations with all of them. I, I, uh, I learned something new about each one and, and I'm just really looking forward to, to anybody who gets on. Um, I hope you voted. Did you vote? Yes, ma'am. I, I didn't. Good. Uh, 
I did the little QR code deal, and I didn't know how to do that, but that was super easy. That was first time I've ever done that. And uh, But, yeah, I did drag my feet for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. <laughs> but I did get it done, <laughs> I, I believe, two weeks ago. So I didn't wait till the last minute like my wife tells me I do all the time. So <laughs> you got to you got to be ahead of the game sometimes to keep that average up, right? And mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> uh sometimes what was funny though, most of the time we record about an hour long and I talk to people before we start recording and kind of get to know kind of give them a walk through and this and that and you know, a couple of those people, after we got done recording, I stayed on the phone with them for another hour and a half just visiting and talking sheep. And it's pretty neat and start laughing about different, you know, different obstacles that we encounter in different parts of the nation and uh, getting to know their inside on things. And uh, I'm really looking forward to getting to meet these people in person and uh it's just really fun getting to do this and putting it out there for our listeners to gain a little bit of knowledge and kind of laugh at whatever we say sometimes that may not be exactly politically correct and i'm a long ways from that Well, our expected time frame, like you said, the 15th is when it closed. And so we're going to give um, our, our mail-in ballots about a week to come in. And so then, um, you know, we'll notify the candidates that are our top three and we'll have them do a background check. And once everything comes back clear, um, then we'll make that announcement to the general membership. So I, uh, I'm kind of targeting for after the beginning of December. So we'll let everybody know. Um, then uh, not only do we have new candidates coming onto the board, um, but in December we'll also have our officer election. And so the new board members will be invited to participate in that board meeting um, and and be a part of the election of, of new officers. And we'll be electing a, a new president and a new vice president. Okay. All right, that's pretty neat. So, something to look forward to. And uh, do you happen to know how many members we have in the association now? Well, we have roughly uh, 1,300, um, and that would be um, adult members. And then we have about uh, 300 junior members. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's. I see that just getting bigger and bigger every day, in my opinion. And uh, there's a lot of guys that are really learning the benefits of the Dorper sheep, putting them pounds on them. And, and, you know, the good thing about raising good quality sheep, you know, land is getting so high and we can have a small place raise you know how many ever you want from five to 15 and get some good high quality sheep and really go to town and make your banker happy uh on a small place and i just don't see it being a bad deal and 
the two biggest things I always tell people that are new to them, parasites and predators. That are your two biggest deals, and if you stay on top of it, you're good to go. And I tell people starting out, I suggest you get commercial sheep and kind of take your learning curve through there because you will lose a couple of them. And, you know, it makes it a whole lot easier and just they're a docile breed and uh, rams, you know, are not just terrible. There's a few of them you really got to watch. But for the most part of them, they're puppy dog gentle and uh, just a great thing to raise your kids around and teach them a little bit and and the people again uh miss rhonda and yourself and all the board members and uh people that take their time to put in the work to make our organization even better uh and a big thank you to everybody that serves on the boards past and present you know we couldn't do it without you and we really do appreciate everything that you do and i'm just as guilty as anybody else is i'm not very involved in what goes on and this is kind of my give back to the society and i'm going to try to be more involved and do this right here to kind of help get everything rolling and this and that but uh I think that's exciting. You know, I, uh, my career in extension, transparency is huge. You know, anybody should be able to question, you know, what you're doing and you should be able to justify it really at any point in time. And, and I feel like non, at the end of the day, the, the society is a nonprofit, you know, we are a 501 C five and, you know, any member should be able to understand every decision that we're making and, and we should have the ability to be transparent. And so that, that is something I'm very passionate about. And so, BJ, I, I think this just fits right in with the narrative of, of being transparent. And, you know, and just as people might have questions for you, if, if you have folks that have questions for me and, and we want to dive into those questions on our monthly chit chats, then, you know, let's let's talk about it. Um I think that that's a great idea, and uh, and I'm really excited about chatting with you. Yes, ma'am, and, and you know I love to talk, and there's no telling what we'll end up with as we go on. But uh, definitely great people, a great organization, and just really looking forward to the growth in the industry. And and everybody knows that them times are tough, whether it's drought and the cost of feed and this and that. And, you know, in my operation, I I got a small place and I, I do feed quite a bit, but one pound of grain will just keep a good you butterball fat a day. And, you know, do they really need it? No. It's my peace of mind that I'm giving that – animal every opportunity for that nutrition to put those genetics to work to be the best that it can be but in all reality they can probably go out there and make a good living just on good grass and clean water and you know it just kind of depends on how you want to run your operation and that's just where my mindset is and 
uh, when I sell sheep to people, I want I, my ear tags in that ear, and I take pride in what goes out the gate. And if it's not any good, it goes to the sale barn. And, you know, I think that's hard for a lot of people, and that's just kind of what we got to do to get where we need to be to get those great Dorper sheep out there to the right people. Yeah, you're, you're right. Not every buck lamb should should stay a buck. And and their ultimate purpose is a meat sheep. You know, we've got to get sheep in the, in the food chain in order to, to get the Dorper meat out there. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. And uh, kind of what all do we have going on within the organization, kind of what we got the fire started on that we're – working on in the future oh boy we got a we got a lot we got a lot of different directions and uh what i think is really great is we have a lot of really wonderful members that are are on board with helping us figure out what that road looks like and get through the bumps um, one thing i'm really excited about is we started several committees and to try to broaden the participation you know getting more people engaged so on the youth committee, um, what I'm really excited about is that we are moving into uh, what we kind of consider like a regional youth coordinator. And we have five shows that we've targeted where folks on our committee are going to serve in that regional coordinator role for that show. And just as Ron and Lori did at Nail, we're, we're going to have that for All-American Junior, Nail, Fort Worth Stock Show, the... Um, Duncan show and sale and also the Southern state show and sale. So those are our five shows that we'll have those committee members be involved in and they're going to help, you know, procure sponsorship dollars, figure out, you know, are we going to do hoodies or um, prizes for champions and grants, banners, hospitality, you know, and also not everyone is, is really born into this. Sometimes you get into it and you don't really know um, what you're doing when you go to a stock show. And so these people are all well-versed in these shows and, and they're going to be a really great resource for those that are, are new and getting into it and have questions. You know, just for example, I, I went up to the Big E in September and I went into a different gate every time I went to that event. Like I, <laughs> it is such a huge, massive event. And I heard that they have 177,000 people that come in there each and every day. And so can you imagine if you've never been to that show, you know, you have lots of questions. And so um, I'm really excited to, to see how these people come into this leadership role and, and provide guidance, not just for the society, but for the, for the junior members and their parents that are going to be at these events. We aren't just focused in the show ring. We are also focused on engaging youth in production and finding programs for them and education and field days for them to participate in. And that's going to really be a regional effort. You know, as a national organization, our, our scope is broad. And so we really need to dial in to each of these regions. And these folks on this youth committee are going to help us do that. Um, in the education committee, uh, we've got some webinars planned, trying to develop a quarterly webinar that, you know, members can log on to and, and watch with relevant and interesting information and looking into doing some regional field days as well. 
We also have a marketing communications committee and developing, you know, really nice displays that we can have for members to check out. You know, maybe you're going to go to the Texas Sheep and Goat Field Razors Field Day and you want to have a Dorper display there. And it would be a, a packaged display that we would send to you and you could have and set up for us and have with the Dorper journals and have some other publications to distribute. And then, you know, when you're done, you, you ship it back to the office or to the next person. Um, in addition to having a main display that we would take to, to larger events, like say the American Sheep Industry Convention or maybe the Sunbelt Expo. And um, the marketing committee is also kind of helping us on developing advertising packages and sponsorship packages for our events in addition to coming up with periodical calendar for a Dorper Report. So we do have a Dorper Report deadline coming up. December 6th is when we need to have uh, ads in. We still have plenty of ad space. So uh, if you have a winter sale coming up, you know, you want to advertise. What a great opportunity in the Dorper Report. Additionally, um, that Dorper Report is going to be all about lambing. So you have a great lamb tail or pictures of lambs, you know, please send them to me in my email, caitlin at dorpersheep.org, because you never know, your picture might be the cover. No. So um, let's see. Uh, other committees, oh boy, we also have our show and sale committee, and uh, those folks help us out in developing the rules for our shows and sales. Um, we have our big national sale. If you haven't already put on your calendar, the National Dorper and White Dorper Show and Sale will be in Duncan, Oklahoma, April 14th and 15th. And uh, BJ, it's going to be a big one. You want to be there. Well, I'm only 70 miles, so I'll be there. Oh, I didn't realize you were that close. Oh, yeah. I was driving <laughs> back and forth. It's actually oh. faster. It's actually faster for me to drive up there than it is to drive to work. Gosh. Well, how convenient for you then. Well, uh, you know, so we're, we're going to have the information in the in the winter Dorper report of how to, to register your consignments. Um, consignments will be due um, in March. And like I mentioned, the, the show and sale will be April 14th and 15th. And uh, I'm not hesitant to say I think it's going to be another record breaker. So, you know, definitely mark your calendar for that event. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing, uh, when we come out of Fredericksburg, uh, at the Texas Hill Country show and sale. Uh, we had a youth show after the sale sheep sold, and that put a lot more youth in there and got them involved. And what that does, uh, just like Junior Howard and I were talking, he said, you know, some people were a little bit uh, aggravated about that, but it puts those youth there. So there's a potential that you brought some more buyers in there that are going to purchase those sale sheep that wouldn't have been there otherwise because that's a good a good show for them to be at. And, you know, it gets them around more Dorper breeders and get to make those friendships. And I tell you what, in three years of being involved in the registered side i've sure enough met a lot of people and that friendship has really grown and you see those people like johnny powell preston ferris and all them and you just go up to them and just start talking and just it doesn't matter what age you've got friendships right there 
and just a great bunch of people and a lot of hard work. And if you want to know how to progress your operation, just go up there and visit with those guys, and they'll be sure enough happy to visit with you and talk sheep with you. And Duncan is a great show that I enjoy because you get to see so many people across the United States, and uh, those sale records are just phenomenal. And uh, I just see it getting better and better, and uh, hopefully later on in life I'll be able to travel out and go to some more shows in other states and get to meet those people that don't travel uh, to Duncan or Fredericksburg, but just it's a great event, a great organization, and a great group of uh, animals to look at and just have that wow effect over. It, it certainly does have a wow effect. You're you're absolutely right. And we also have two more committees. Um, we have a genetic improvement committee and, you know, you mentioned parasites are a big problem. And so, you know, we're, we're certainly not going to solve that problem overnight with our genetic committee. You know, there's a lot of opportunities for research projects. And so they're kind of tasked with, with finding what's going to be a great research project to support. And in that, which one are we going to support, which also is going to benefit our members the most. Yes, ma'am. And then uh, we also have uh, our Dorper Lamb Committee and, you know, working on those branded Dorper Lamb programs. And, you know, that's, I will go ahead and tell you, uh, and I've talked about this several times on other episodes, but there was three of us sitting there at Duncan, Oklahoma, uh, for the dinner, the Dorper lamb, and there's a little bit of everything. And all three of us said, I don't like it, but I'll try it. All three of us went back for seconds. Uh, it was just... Oh, the capper tamales? Did you like those? Those and uh, just the little kebabs. They were really good. I've had the hamburger meat, and I don't know if I just not cooking it right or what but i just i get that litany from it goes back to my years of showing market uh weathers where you them that wool lint just to this day i still smell that it's burned into your brain <laughs> and, and and you just can't help it but i tell you what if if there was a piece of lamb meat out there in a kebab or a tamale i'm all in uh yeah that you know so we we did the jamboree friday night and i think that was really fun you know i had a great time it was more of a mixer social environment with the ram alley and the trade show and you know the the thought process on the dinner selections was more finger food type items um and really highlight the Dorper lamb products. And so uh, if you're listening and you have a unique Dorper lamb product, whether summer sausage or, or a value added product, we would love to feature that at the Jamboree. So definitely reach out to us and let us know. But, you know, like, like BJ has said, you know, we had a variety of project of, of food products for individuals to try and they were just so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 
the only complaint, you know, is that the food was a little cold at the end, but you know, that, that didn't necessarily deter from the taste, but, um, still a really, really great way to highlight just the, the greatness of Dorper's. I, I know I use great a lot there, but it just really is. Yes. And, and you know, the good thing about that, uh, spread was they had some chicken and had some other things and that way in case you didn't like it you had another option rather than mickey d's down the road but uh you know at least we know what we were eating you go to mcdonald's we're not real sure but we we eat it anyway you know but uh <laughs> it's just it was a great spread lots of hard work that ram alley deal was exciting because you can get to see those great rams uh that people use and because they have to have progeny to be able to be uh displayed there and you know it's just a good social event because you know you get there thursday you're getting set up you're washing sheep if you want to uh then you gotta paint then you got a meeting uh friday morning you get up you run all day long getting ready getting those sheep ready to go in that next class and this and that uh and you know friday night is laid back you get to visit and uh have a cold beverage in your hand and just get to visit with those people and talk sheep and you're in no hurry and you got a good spread of food and good people i don't know what i don't know of anything that could have made it any better uh saturday we had the good sale uh we broke some records there then at the hill country sale they broke more records and uh like you said i i believe that we haven't seen the top yet so just keep on keeping on and eventually who knows where we're going to stop you're right and all, all of that that you mentioned about the sale like that that was the exact atmosphere that we were going for just a great time great sheep yeah and just creating a, a really cool environment and you know we're, we're we're planning that again in 2023 we're we're going to have the jamboree again we're going to have ram alley again we're going to have the sale and we just we're just continuing to build and build and build and just make a, an excellent event yes ma'am and and just uh thank you for all your hard work that you put into that and uh congratulations on your uh up and coming one year anniversary with being uh with the society and we appreciate all your hard work that you put into it and uh well, thank you so much. It's it's really hard to believe that it's almost been a year. My my first official day with with the ADSBS was January twenty fourth, and you know, and, and just a little bit of reflection, like what a what a year. You know, record sales, record prices on animals. I've met just the coolest people, and it's only the beginning. Like that's the even more exciting part. You know. Yes, and. You know, I will go ahead and tell you, uh, when when I was sitting there getting ready to send in my entries for Duncan, I tell you what was going through my mind: the cost of diesel, uh, the way our economy was sitting. You know, we're sitting here in November, and we're 
we're even probably worse off now than we was, but there's no there's no back on the way that sheep are selling from what I'm seeing now. It may come later on, but I just see it continuing to uh, climb a mountain, and there's no stopping it, you know. We're just gathering that steam up and going and going and going, and uh, just a phenomenal deal, and uh, it sure makes you scratch your head, but yet when you see the quality of these animals, that tells you we're doing something right. Yeah, and and you said the quality of the animals, um, that comes from years of of genetic selection and superior quality, and it's just the breeders. It's the breeders that make the quality, and it it makes my job easy to put together a sale when sheep look like this. Yeah, and you know what? I will go ahead and tell you, I've got some of the best lambs I've ever had on the ground, and... I kind of scratch my head because I don't know what I did any different than what I was. And uh, I run the same Rams a couple years in a row, which is interesting for me because I normally swap out. Uh, That trader in me just keeps on flipping. But, uh, you know, looking at those Rams or lambs, uh, you know you're doing something right. And, you know, when we got to interview Ash Phillips, he said, you know, it takes 15 years before you ever really get to where you need to be as a breeder. And being able to learn from those guys that have been doing it for years will put you way ahead of where you would be just doing it by yourself. Yeah, I I definitely attribute that to accessibility of information. You know, um, think about it. Like I can call Ash Phillips from my phone on WhatsApp and he's in South Africa and we can have a conversation, you know, or you can text him a picture of of your Ram and ask him his opinion. And so, you know, that network and accessibility, I think, is advancing us in an ever increasing way because we just have that network. And, and, you know, uh, I know that Sharon said that it costs a buku of money to get them over here, but the knowledge that we gain from the South Africans is just puts us way ahead. And, and, you know, as Ash said, he said the quality of sheep here is just phenomenal. And, you know, that means that we're doing something right. And, you know... There's a little bit of controversy between the show sheep and the African sheep over here. You know, you've kind of got uh, different opinions on which one's better. But as a breeder, if you're producing what you like, somebody else is going to come and buy your sheep because they like what you produce. And, you know, if you raise something that you're proud of, and there's a market for it, you're doing something right. You don't have to, you know, follow the trail and be a show lamb producer or whatever. Breed what you like, what's going to produce and fit your program, and somebody else is going to eventually. You may be way ahead of your time, and you just never know, but just do what you enjoy and 
strive to do what you want to produce. Yeah, the, the county agent in me would would advise people to target their market first and, and identify what that market is and then work your way backwards. So, you know, um, I don't think a market that will ever be oversaturated is direct to consumer lamb. And, you know, that that is a really great avenue for Dorpers to succeed in on a small scale and a large scale. And so, you know, you've got all these different sectors that Dorpers can succeed in. And it's it's just like you said, finding what you like to do, what your market is, what your niche is, and, and finding the animals that meet that need for you. Yes, ma'am. Well, uh, we're fixing to wrap this up. Was your family able to join you in Louisville? They were not. Um, I, I do miss them terribly. Uh, so my, my husband, Brennan, is a, is a county agent. We used to be the extension power couple until I left, right? And so um, he really focuses more on crop production and pest management. So we, we kind of have differing professional expertise, but I think we are a power couple. If we've got the row crop and animal science background. Uh, we have a daughter. Her name is Tegan Rose, and she is going to be three on New Year's Eve. And I like to call her my mini-me. And uh, I jokingly tell people that she knows the most about the Dorper Society because uh, very frequently she'll be in the car with me and mommy has to take phone calls from board members. And so she she knows Miss Sharon very well. Huh. And <laughs> and I think she recognizes her voice sometimes. Um, but they they uh, I'll tell you what, I, I really couldn't do that. This job is is I work remotely, but. I also do travel to all the national events and shows and sales, and I couldn't do that without the support system I have at home. And so big shout out to, to Brennan um, to be able to, to live that single dad life for a week, if you will, by taking uh, Tegan to pre-K and mommy me gymnastics. I guess it's daddy and me this week, right? <laughs> and and, uh, and also my mom. Uh, my mom and Brennan's family live uh, close to us. And, and so it takes a tribe. Tribe in the show ring and out of the show ring, right, CJ? Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, those kiddos, they're our future and they're our pride and joy. And uh, being involved in this, and uh, there's nothing else that we could ask for to be any better. Oh, yeah. We're truly blessed. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, would you go ahead and give us a, your contact information? Is there anything else that you can think of that we need to hit on this week? Uh, well, one last thing is uh, we are closing for the Dorper Journal. So that is a two-year publication, biennial is the correct term. Um, and so if, if anyone is interested in taking out an ad in that magazine, that is the magazine that we send out to sheep and lamb industry events across the U.S. And in addition to our members, we're doing a bit of a facelift on the magazine for this issue. And uh, we're going to just have just a really, really, really cool publication. And so if anyone is interested in being part of that by putting an ad or our ads for the Dorper Journal or on the website, uh, www.dorpersheep.org right on the front page you just email me at caitlin at dorpersheep.org um, caitlin spelled c-a-i-t-l-i-n 
and shoot me what you would like to have um, as far as your ad space or camera ready ad. Um, then we also have the DORPA report that'll be due December 6th. And so those are two really great advertising opportunities um, wrapping up the end of the year. Yes, ma'am. Well, I really do appreciate you and uh, want to thank each and every one of our listeners for tuning in with us and be sure to subscribe and give us five star rating. It really does help. And, and that way you will know whenever we have a new episode coming out and uh, the end of every month, we're going to do our uh, podcast with Miss Caitlin again and give us some more insight on what's going on in the organization. Uh, feel free to reach out. If you got some ep- episodes that you'd like us to talk about, uh, we want to sure produce a show that y'all enjoy. And my number is 940-366-5688. You can reach me at National Agco, A-G-C-O, at gmail.com. And just let me know what you want to do. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And remember, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to Something to Graze On podcast, brought to you by NationalAgCo.com. It's not what you know, it's who you know, and we are here to make that connection. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.